Welcome to Now Appalachian, hosted by author and Appalachian resident, Elliot Parker. This show profiles the authors and publishers that have connections to the Appalachian region and how those connections influence and impact their works. And now, Appalachian. And hello once again, friends. We welcome you to another episode of Now Appalachia, heard here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network as we continue to profile uh, the outstanding authors and publishers with connections to the Appalachian region. I'm Elliot Parker, and it's great to have you with us. If you're joining us uh, for the uh, first time, or if you have been with us for a long time, you know that we are doing a special series of podcasts here over the last few episodes on the program, and we're looking at the business side of publishing. Normally, we profile individual authors and books and individual publishers, and over the last few episodes, we're going to be looking at the business side of publishing and addressing a lot of the various questions that you have about publishing, about the other side of publishing, what goes on when you have a manuscript finished, and what are the next steps, and what's the other side of the house, so to speak, look like. And We've had some really great uh, podcast episodes already, and today on our program, as we continue our series, we're going to talk about book publicists and book publicity, and what is a book publicist, and what can a book publicist do for you, and I'm so delighted to have uh, one of my favorite people and one of the best book publicists I know, Mary Glenn McCombs, joining us today, and she is a 1993 graduate of Vanderbilt University. She has been working in the book publishing industry for nearly 20 years. She has been involved with literally hundreds of books as a book publicist, and she has served also as a guest lecturer for publishing workshops, conferences, and events. She has been a panelist for the Southern Festival of Books in Nashville. She's also a member of the Publishers Association of the South and the Publishers Marketing Association. And in addition to that, when she's not representing authors and helping them with their works, she volunteers with the Nashville Humane Association. She enjoys reading, traveling, and cooking. And as a former book publisher herself, she has recently traded making books for making book as she has begun playing bridge on a regular basis. And I can't wait to ask her about that and how she got started doing that and everything that's involved with uh, playing bridge. So Mary Glenn, welcome to Now Appalachia. So glad to have you here on the program today. Oh, thank you so much, Elliot. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you. I am so happy to have you on because I think I appreciate you giving me your time today because you were addressing an issue that you know, we get asked about so much off the program and through Facebook messages and emails and those kinds of things about book publicity and kind of what it is. And I know you feel kind of a special role in this idea of kind of the other side of publishing or the business side of publishing in terms of book publicity. So I just wanted to ask you first, just to kind of define that term for our audience. When someone says book publicist, or you need a book publicist, or do you have a book publicist, what does a book publicist actually do? Um, that's such a great question, Elliot. Thank you so much. And a book publicist, um, to really boil it down to simple terms, acts as a liaison between the author and the media. My job as a publicist is to create media awareness for a book, whether it's through broadcast media, print media, online, you name it. I'm the person who goes out and tries to make sure that people know about your book. And so for an author who maybe has something that is ready to go, or maybe they've secured a book contract either with a traditional publisher or a small press publisher or a micro press or a university press or, or whomever, at what point should they think about getting a book publicist? And 
Is there any criteria or anything they need to ask themselves first going forward before they reach out uh, to you or another book publicist for that service and that help? Oh, certainly. And I think the best piece of advice I can give is the earlier, the better. In fact, I don't mind if people come to me before they have a book deal or a book contract. There's really nothing I can do for them at that point, but just to start the process and explore what the cost is going to be, I'm happy to talk to them. But really, as soon as the ink is dry on that contract is a good time to have a publicist lined up or at least to be starting to think about it. Because the sooner you can start um, getting the PR wheels turning, the better off you're going to be. And I think, you know, your question about uh, the criteria and what an author should ask himself or herself about um, getting a publicist really are, what are my goals? What is it I want to accomplish uh, with this book? What is my publisher willing to do to support me to accomplish those goals? And that's such a great starting point. Yeah, very good point. And I wanted to ask you too about uh, a question that I got asked um, several months ago about book publicists and book publicity. If I'm an author and I'm working with a publisher and they have a, a marketing team or a publicity team that's going to help me. Should I then reach out to another publicist outside of that publishing house? And if I do, what would be the benefits to me as the author having, let's say, let's say you working um, independently or with the in-house marketing and publishing team or publicity team that I've got with my press? Oh, absolutely. And I love that question because I think we're in a... Uh, we're in a time today where in-house PR for publishers, it's, it's not always what it used to be. Um, back, in, uh, back in the day, many, many moons ago when I started working in publishing, the in-house PR team was, tends, tended to be very full service. They were very focused on getting absolutely as much PR as they possibly could. Um, but as things have shifted in the industry, publishers tend to be a lot more interested in having authors uh, supply their own PR. Um, And the upshot of that is, even though there are wonderful PR people who work in-house, the reality is that they're often often working on very large lists. They have a lot of authors, they have a lot of books they're bringing out, and they're limited in what they can do for every author. Um, So they have, you know, they may have really good PR contacts with the book media, the trade media, in terms of really digging in and getting those sort of obscure um, placements and interviews and things such as that, that's really where an author's own publicist can do um, the heavy lifting. And I think that there's a huge benefit in having um, having an author's own publicist work with the in-house PR department because it's um, it's really about casting a wide net. I mean, when you're an author and you have a book coming out, you want to, you know, want to really go out and generate as much PR as as is feasible. Um, And having two people working towards the same goal can be um, a really beneficial thing. The only caveat is you have to have 100% transparency. Um, the in-house PR person and the individual uh, publicist need to know exactly what one another is doing. 
um, so they don't step on each other's toes or, you know, accidentally pitch the same people. It just, it isn't, it isn't good form, and it's also not a good use of time, energy, or money to be, you know, trying to get the same reviews from the same people. And I would imagine you as a publicist are not afraid to contact that press's in-house publicity team and say, hey, look, Joe Smith has contracted me in addition to the publicity work you're going to do. He's contracted me to be his publicist, and, and let's have a conversation so that we don't overlap services. Absolutely. And that's a conversation I have before I ever agree to work on an author, because the last thing I want is to cause any kind of um, problem with the publisher. And there have been, there's been few, but there have been a few instances where presses did not want outside PR help. They'd either had a bad experience or they were uh, confident that they could handle um, the PR campaign for a particular book or for whatever reason. They didn't want their author hiring um, hiring outside PR, and that's happened, you know, in 25 years. I think that's happened twice, um, and it's been, you know, unusual circumstances. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, um, in any in any of my wildest dreams, try to uh, create a problem between author and publisher. So I would make sure on the front end that the author and that the publisher was okay with my coming on board. And, and the, the great thing about the work I do is so many of the publishers I work with, I work with again and again and again. I, I've represented, you know, dozens of their authors and I know what they do and I know, you know, they're comfortable working with me. I'm comfortable working with them. So it's, it's really kind of a non-issue. We're speaking with Mary Glenn McCombs, a book publicist based out of Nashville, Tennessee, and a 1993 graduate of Vanderbilt University who's got nearly 20 years of experience working uh, in the book publishing industry uh, as a former book publisher and now as a book publicist. And uh, Mary Glenn, I know that every book project is different, and I know that every client is different, but are there some basic services that a book publicist should provide an author as they start looking for a book publicist, as they start, you know, uh, getting some uh, quotes or proposals or solicitations of services from publicists, is, is there some things they should look at, uh, like a baseline at, at the very minimum, your publicist, you want to look for a publicist that does X, Y, and Z? Uh, great question, Elliot. I think um, one of the, th a, a couple of the things that a publicist, a publicist should provide to an author are at the very least to write a compelling, professional, well-written press release that announces the book. Um, I think a publicist, assuming the publisher isn't doing the work, publicists should be responsible for generating trade reviews. And by trade reviews, I mean the, the sell-in media that serves the book and library trade, um, not, not outlets that provide consumer reviews, but outlets such as Publishers Weekly, and book list and library journal and carcass and um, shelf awareness pro um, places such as that where an author might not necessarily know to go to solicit a review or understand that that's an important part of the life cycle of a book um, i also think that in any situation where a publisher has hired um, or, or um, an author has hired a publicist there needs to be a very, very clear um, strategy for reporting, for telling the author, here's what I've done, 
here's the status, you know, here's how often you're going to hear from me to get an update. I think those are the absolute, uh, those are absolutely crucial. Very good. And I know that this is probably the, the, uh, pardon the pun, the $10,000 question or the $25,000 question or whatever, but uh, you know, we get a lot of questions about and have received a lot of questions on the program about cost and, mm-hmm. and, and what does it cost and what should it cost? And again, I know every publicist is different. Every book project is different. Every author has different goals as you were talking about, but uh, in terms of finances and all of that, uh, what should an author plan on roughly speaking uh, budgeting to hire a publicist for their book? No, I love that you asked this question because that makes my job so much easier. <laughs> um, I would say, and this is just a ballpark, I would say that at the bare minimum, an author, even if it were just a short campaign, would look to invest somewhere in the $3,000 range. Realistically, I would say 5000 is probably a good place to start, uh, Five, seven, ten thousand. There are campaigns that go 20, 30, 50,000, more than that. Um, many authors don't need that much work, and many authors not shouldn't really invest that much money um, in a book project, um, except in cer- uh, special circumstances. But I'd say somewhere three to five to start is probably a good, a good place to begin. Very good. And I wanted to ask you, too, just uh, personally and professionally speaking, how has being a book publicist really changed over the last, you know, five to 10 to maybe even 15 years. I mean, I think about when I started writing, there was no, and started getting, you know, work published, there was no Twitter, there was no Instagram. Facebook was in its very infancy. Um, You know, it used to be you had to have a website. And if you had a website as an author, you were in good shape. There was no such thing as a social media platform. And podcasting was very much in its infancy. And I just think about how quickly things have changed. And I just wondered on your end as a publicist, how how has it the, the profession evolved over the last five to 10 to 15 years in terms of kind of what you've had to do and, and changes you've had to make in terms of helping authors with their books? Oh, absolutely. It's like there's a great Mark Twain quotation about that says the difference between the right word and the almost right word is the difference between the lightning bug and the lightning. Um, and that's pretty much what my career has been like, the lightning bug and the lightning. Um, what we used to do back in the 90s is not at all what we used to do now. In the 90s, we were doing these multi-city, humongous book tours at all the, all the independents, we were generating media coverage in every single market, newspaper, radio, television. It is a different world. There used to be over 400 dedicated book reviewers at daily papers across the country. 400. Today, there are probably, I would say, just book reviewers, maybe 70 maybe 70. There are people who review books, but also cover, you know, lifestyle, um, other uh, community news, you name it. It's just a different world. And while uh, with newspapers in particular, there are fewer dedicated book reviewers, there are so many more outlets. There are blogs, there are web reviews, there are Instagram reviewers, there are just millions of people out there who review books now. So it's, the principles are still the same, but the people we're reaching in some ways are very different. 
um, it used to just be, it used to be that you were pitching um, people who just reviewed books, and now it's it's a little different. So it takes it takes some finesse. Very good. Mary Glenn McCombs is our guest here on Now Appalachia. We're talking to her about book publicity and what a book publicist can do uh, for an author and how a book publicist can be helpful to an author. And Mary Glenn, we'll come back to the book publicist aspect of things in just a minute. But I teased this in reading your bio that you have become a bridge player. How did you make the transition from publishing and being a book publicist extraordinaire and being as wonderful as you are at that to being a bridge player? Where, where did you get interested in bridge? And, and how are you doing playing bridge? You know, I, am, I have to say, I, I went for a while where I was a pretty dedicated bridge player. I was not any good at it, although I really enjoyed <laughs> it. And unfortunately, to really, really enjoy it and to have partners who really enjoy playing with you, you have to be pretty good at it. Um, I think my bridge game, I would say it's on uh, life support right now. Uh, <laughs> until I have more free time and more hours in my day, I remain a mediocre bridge player. But I have to say, it is absolutely one of the most fascinating um, games I have ever played in my life. Once you start playing, or once I started playing, I thought about it constantly. And, you know, I had to get back to books eventually. So it wasn't a great fit. <laughs> I understand. I understand. I feel like my card game has been on a perpetual life support uh, status for probably 25 years. So I understand that that feeling of having it sort of barely alive, but pretty much dead for the most part. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a spark there. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Very good. Um, I would ask you too, Mary Glenn, I, I know that um, in your profession as a book publicist, you can could work anywhere and probably live anywhere. What is it about Nashville that you like? And why have you stayed in Appalachia all these years when you could move to Dallas or Miami or Los Angeles or Chicago and probably do your work? Why, why do you stay in Tennessee? Why do you stay in Appalachia and work? Well, there's a great Grateful Dead song, and it says, Tennessee, Tennessee, there ain't no place I'd rather be. Um, and I kind of feel that way. I love uh, I love Tennessee. My grandfather grew up in Fayetteville, Tennessee. I grew up in Mumfordville, Kentucky. I'm close to home, and I, 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 love, I love being here. It's a vibrant, wonderful, friendly, beautiful community. Um, and it's so nice because... I really don't have to be in New York to be part of publishing. Nashville has a vibrant publishing community, and it's, um, I don't know, I don't, I've never felt that uh, not being in New York was a detriment to my career or that I, I, I missed out on being away from the quote-unquote hub of publishing. I like it here, and this is where, you know, this is where my husband and my sheepdog are, so where else would I go? Absolutely. Fantastic. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. F family and our sheepdogs and our pets make, make all the difference. That's for sure. Absolutely. So when, when you're not reading clients work or working on clients projects, who are some authors that you like to read or what are some books that you've read recently that you thought, wow, this is just really outstanding work. Oh my gosh. I love this question. And I have, um, I have the, I don't have the luxury of getting to read a lot, although when I do have a few hours when I can read, 
I, I love to read memoir. It's um, I work with a lot of crime fiction, and while I enjoy crime fiction, um, I really like memoir. Um, one of my favorite authors, though, interestingly, is a crime fiction novelist, Julia Keller. Um, she writes a series based in West Virginia, and I just, I just think it keeps getting better and better and better. Um, one of my clients, who I also just absolutely love reading, is uh, Margaret Mizushima, who writes a um, a canine mystery series set in Colorado. It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and I have the good fortune right now of working on, it's actually a debut novel by a gentleman down in Alabama uh, who goes by the name of J. William Lewis. And the book is uh, called The Essence of Nathan Biddle. It is a Southern Gothic-esque coming-of-age novel that interestingly has been compared to The Catcher in the Rye, and it comes out June 1st. And it is, um, in my humble opinion, uh, phenomenal. That's great. And, and I know you mentioned Julia Keller and, and her Bell Elkins series is really uh-huh. terrific. If, you've, if, you've, if you're looking for, you know, a good Appalachian mystery series with a strong female protagonist, uh, you can't go wrong with Julia Keller. It, it, it's really yes. terrific. And it's, and they're so, those novels are so atmospheric. It's like West Virginia is a character in and of itself. And it just, it, it, it gets to my soul. I just love that series. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. We're speaking with Mary Glenn McCombs here on Now Appalachia. She is a book publicist based in Nashville and has over 20 years of experience working in the book publishing industry. So Mary Glenn, we we'll, thought we'd shift back now. We'll get back into uh, some book publicity issues. And um, I wanted to also ask you about uh, what happens in this scenario. And I know, I, I assume this scenario doesn't happen often, but it probably has or could happen you and your book publicist, and I say you, the author, uh, uh, theoretically speaking, and the book publicist don't get along, or you 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 feel like that you need to part ways. Um, how should an author handle that? When does an author? What are some signs an author should look for that? Hey, this just isn't working. You know, we're just not. You know, we're, we're, maybe we're not compatible personality-wise, but I, I, you know, this publicist is just not delivering on what he or she promised me. What are some signs to look for in that circumstance, and how should an author kind of excuse themselves from that relationship uh, in a professional way that won't, you know, sort of, um, sort of leave a bad taste in the mouths of them or the publicist? Oh, absolutely. It's a great question, and I've had, a, I think I've had maybe... In 25 years, I've had a couple of, um, actually three that I can think of, three instances where we were just not, the client I worked with was not a good to talk to authors on the front end to see what their uh, goals are and see, see first of all, if they're realistic, um, to make sure that they understand what my job is and what my job isn't. Um, but to answer your question, which I think is an excellent question, is um, the things that, that an author should watch out for are um, when, a, when a publicist um, isn't, uh, doesn't write well, isn't a good communicator, I think there's nothing that makes a poorer impression than a publicist who goes out with press materials that are subpar. It just reflects badly on the book. I mean, it, it, Everybody has a typo now and again, but bad grammar, misspellings, uh, poorly written, that's a problem. 
Um, a publicist needs to be an excellent verbal and written communicator. Um, the second thing is uh, responsiveness. If an author isn't, um, isn't uh, able to get a response out of a publicist in a timely fashion, and only the author can decide what a timely fashion is, um, I try typically to respond to emails within 24 hours unless I'm you know, out of pocket or out of the office, in which case I like to let my clients know that I'm not available. Um, the third thing is when a publicist does not report and won't, won't give an update to the author, I think that's kind of a sign that things are not going well um, or, you know, just, just being too vague. Um, there is a lot of hurry up and wait in PR, and it's, it's a publicist's job to set expectations. I want to make sure that all of my clients know on the front end. I may start working on a Tuesday, and you're probably not going to have results on a Friday. You're probably not going to have results for a while. So it, it's my job to manage those expectations. But it's just clear, you know, uh, you need a good writer. You need somebody who will communicate with you, who will report to you, and who's responsive. And it, it, at some point, though, if it's clearly not working, there has to be on the front end some sort of an exit clause where the publisher or the author can say, you know, I need to terminate this agreement, and here are the terms that we're gonna, you know, we're gonna part company under. It, it's important because uh, things happen, you know. And I, I, I want, I want when I start a relationship with an author, I want them to come back to me with every book. I want them to tell other authors that I'm great and that I did a good job, and I want them to smile when they think about the work that I did for them. I, I don't want the, you know, the, the one client who comes to me and we do a promotion and then I never talk to them again. That's really not what I'm looking for. And I, I'm, I'm so fortunate because I've had, I've had authors that I've done 10, 12 books with and even more than that. People I've worked with for decades and it's just, it's, that's phenomenal. Absolutely, absolutely. And is there any difference between working with uh, an individual publicist like yourself or working with uh, a company or business that, uh, let's say, has six or seven publicists under one umbrella? Is there really any difference there, or is that something an author needs to think about or seriously consider, or does it just, again, depend on comfort level and what their goals are and, and kind of what they're looking for? Yeah, it, it, that's a really good question, and I think I think there are differences, but ultimately, depending on um, whether it's a single person such as myself or uh, a company, the author is likely going to have one primary point of contact, whether it's me or whether it's X at XYZ PR agency. Um, I think there are benefits to both. I mean, you know, when you're working with me. You know that I'm the person who's going to be answering the phone and the person who's going to be making the pitches. Um, I think sometimes in uh, larger companies it's not entirely clear, um, but uh, I do think that um, I do think that there's um, there are benefits and drawbacks to both. Okay, very good. And so, excuse <clears throat> so Mary Glenn, uh, as we finish up in our final moments here today on the program. Uh, if someone listening to uh, our interview today wants to get in contact with you to talk to you more about book publicity in general 
or if they want to inquire about uh, hiring you to be a book publicist for or the book publicist for a project they've got in the works or something getting ready to be published, uh, where can they find out information about you? How can they get in contact with you? And um, what are some things you'd like them to have in that initial out that initial outreach to you in terms of the project or timelines or things like that? Elliot, you're just making my job so easy here. Thank you. <laughs> uh, first off, I, I prefer initial uh, contact to be made by email. It's uh, Mary Glenn at maryglenn.com, and Mary Glenn is spelled M-A-R-Y-G-L-E-N-N. Mary Glenn at maryglenn.com. Um, in the first uh, the first email, I like to know um, obviously the author's name genre, book title, uh, who's publishing the book, if there is a publication date, what it is, if the author has previous books, I like a synopsis, and if cover art's available, I like to see the cover art. It's just the basics, because I can tell pretty quickly um, if it's a title that is not going to be right for me, um, because I tend to do a lot of fiction, um, and nonfiction, I I pass on a lot of nonfiction just because it's not my area of expertise. So it's a good, it's good to have that initial contact because if I can say, yes, this looks like something I would love to see or very good, very good. We've had the distinct pleasure of speaking with book publicist Mary Glenn McCombs here today on Now Appalachia as we continue our special podcast series of interviews on the business side of publishing and the other side of publishing and looking at uh, some of those issues that uh, all potential authors and all authors have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. And so Mary Glenn, it's been a a real pleasure to speak with you again today. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much also uh, for your insight into book publicity and what a book publicist does. We Really appreciate your time and, and your attention and, and help. And we certainly uh, encourage folks to, to reach out to you if they're looking for a book publicist or if they have any just general information about what a book publicist does. So thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate uh, it. Elliot, thank you. This was absolutely delightful and it was an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much. We want to take a moment as we finish up here on Now Appalachia to give a special shout out to the executive producer of Now Appalachia and also the executive producer for all the podcasts that you hear on the network here on the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Her name is Pam Stack, and we appreciate all the work that she does behind the scenes uh, to bring our podcasts possible to you each and every episode. And we continue with our next uh, podcast episode coming up very soon on the business side of publishing. And we're going to talk about agents and book agents. And we have a couple of book agents that are going to join us to talk about what an agent does for a writer. Do you need an agent? Why should you look for an agent? And what is sort of the, the landscape today or the shape or position of authors finding agents? So that should be a fantastic conversation uh, as we continue over our special series of episodes uh, on the business side and the book side or the uh, the business side and not the non-book side of book publishing as we address a lot of the issues and concerns that many of you uh, brought forward uh, to us uh, off the program and through messages and emails and Facebook posts and the like. So we'll get some of those questions about literary agents addressed in our next episode. So we hope you will stay tuned for that. 
Well, that's going to do it for us on this episode of Now Appalachia, and that's going to do it for us this time. But please come again next time. And in the meantime, stay well and see you someplace soon, I hope. You've been listening to Now Appalachia. This is a copyrighted podcast owned and operated by the authors on the Air Global Radio Network. Stay tuned. More outstanding podcasts are coming your way next. Stay tuned for more outstanding podcasts from the authors on the Air Global Radio Network.